In January 2007, an out-of-shape, middle-aged gay porn producer was murdered at the hands of a young porn actor looking to get rid of the very person that stood between him and success in the gay porn industry. On today's episode, true crime expert Lori Roggenkamp and I are looking at the sordid case of King Cobra himself, Brian Cochis. Grab a seat and a magnifying glass as Lori and I bring you another edition of Murder Tonight. Buckle up, everybody. Get a blanket, get a hot cup of tea, gather by the fire, because Lori and I are going to discuss a murder. But first, let's bring on my uh, lead investigator. It's Lori Roggenkamp. Hello, Lori Roggenkamp. How are you? Hello. I was thinking maybe we should change the name of it to Murder with Gays. Well, it is going to be. I will say, I am. You know how you're. You're. Uh, you know, you're from the very hit podcast, Bloody Podcast. We're slowly but surely getting a lot of people. So oh, really? yeah, we're we are a hit. Yeah. So, and uh, you're on your hit podcast. Mm-hmm. You guys talk about murder by women, right? Yeah, female centric. So it's all women in, crime. Yeah. Yeah. Ours is going to be gay, not just gay men. But gay people. Gay? Okay. I like that. By the gays. And today is a good one. But I'm going to be honest with you, Lori. You know, we were supposed to record this, gosh, earlier in the week. And I, this is, this has been a tough one. It's taken hours and hours of work for me. But I will say it, I think it might be, I love, I love Robert Eric Wan. Don't get me wrong. That was a good Mm -hmm. one. But in terms of this one, it would, it was almost like a little puzzle to me to solve how to present this case. Cause for the most part, it's an open and shut case. So how do you make a case like this interesting? That was sort of the puzzle I had. And you should listen to Bloody Podcast. Maria does a pretty great job of making open and shut cases interesting. So, mm. <laughs> so, uh, Let's see. Maybe maybe people in the Discord agree with you that that you do, that she does that. Let me look here. Um. Oh well, Deck. If you guys know, so Travi Cosmos is saying the fairy murder tales. Send them along. I don't know gay murder. I know a couple. So I'm doing those first. He the Stephen Port, the London Grinder Killer. Send that to me. Um. Oh my God. You know what? I get how you feel now. Mm-hmm. With talking with me about drag race and and i don't know it, that anything about drag race and talking to you about murder cases Oh, you knew about the murder know. cases already yeah oh i don't know about them uh andrew cunanan though the versace kill that'd be another good one too but you know they've actually made this one into a stupid movie that i went to the premiere for by the way i have a really i, have, I strangely have a lot of weird connections to this story and i've followed this story along since it happened you know, and you I did, honestly legit thought you were the going to be the the they were tight. That was an intro for the show because you said something like a fat, yeah, unhealthy, and then yeah. I was like, oh, this is the well, intro. Those jokes are peppered throughout this uh, story. Oh, okay. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're talking about Brian Coaches, who was a, a middle aged, out of shape, 
guy who had an obsession with twinks. So, uh, you know, well. of course, you know, then I was like, oh, well, a man after my own heart, if you will. And then I get to certain parts of the story and I'm like, never mind, you know? <laughs> here's, the, here's the deal with this story. And I'm just going to tell you right now. There's no spoilers. Do you know anything about this story, Lori? I know very little. I, I just remember it from the news. So okay. I know very, very, like, it, weren't they all high or something? Maybe I'm thinking of find out. Case. So anyway... Okay. Uh, is no one in this story is a good person. There are no good people in this story. Every single yeah. person is a horrible human being. Um, which again, that also made it kind of tough, you know, to write this story. There are a lot of, there were a lot of obstacles to this story. I think we got it. I think I cracked the case on how to present this as an interest in an interesting way, but uh, it was hard work. It took a lot of like, uh, this is probably the hardest I've worked on any kind of episode it was multiple days of multiple hours and hours and hours a day of of research god I, i'm like who does these true crimes these true crime shows are so hard yeah they are they're very hard well it's it's tough because see i think that um we kind of at, have an added uh hardship on ourselves because you know there are podcasts that just simply report the crimes you know, they'll just mm-hmm. tell the story of the crime. And to me, I think that's pretty open and shut. You know, you, you tell the story of the crime, that's it. Right. But we have an added layer of like trying to find levity in this crime right. where we somebody are, died. Me and you are bloody podcast. Both of us. Yeah. Both podcasts. So, you know, I think that, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to find the right moments. Well, and- then I have an added thing where I'm also trying to make it interesting. That's sort of the extra layer of difficulty that that, that uh, Murder Tonight has on it. You know, somebody in the in the chat room, Ready okay. Eddie Tan, is in the hospital. And oh, I, no. And he's going to have gallbladder surgery. And I said, you know, I, everyone in my family has had their gallbladder removed. And one thing I know is that after yeah. surgery, it hurts to laugh, you know? So, like, I remember one time I, my brother had gallbladder surgery. And I got in trouble because I wasn't even doing it on purpose. But I was just making my brother laugh. And it was one of the, I've never seen this before where he's laughing, but also incredibly angry with me. And my parents had to take me out of the hospital room. I know so, what you're going to say and just don't say it. So I said to him, don't, don't listen, don't, don't listen to any, like, don't listen to Murder Tonight, don't listen to any shows because you're going to laugh too hard. Just don't say it. I just said, you're going to laugh too hard if you listen to our shows, the Afterthought shows. Oh, okay. I did, because he said he's going to have trouble sleeping. He doesn't like hospitals. He's going to have trouble sleeping in the hospital. I said, mm-hmm. well. Just don't say it. I just gave him advice on a podcast that he could listen to. Oh, okay. All right. That, Let's that move would, on. That wouldn't make him laugh and he would go to sleep. All right. I'm going to drink some water, but in the interim, I don't want you to say anything. Okay. I'm not going to say it. Lori, you want me to say bloody podcast. I'm, I'm not, not. I don't want you to say it. <laughs> I don't want you to say it. Because it's the, not true. I told him to listen to the Bloody Podcast. Son of a bitch. All right, let's jump into this case. It's, uh, we're gonna, the way, so the way I'm gonna do, because the actual, the case itself, the actual murder, there's nothing to solve. They know who did it, right? Like, blah, 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 blah. So it makes it more interesting are the personalities involved in their story. So we're gonna start here, uh, with the victim, Brian Coaches, and we're gonna learn a little bit about him and how this all comes to be. Are you ready? Yes. All right, here we go. 
Brian Cochis was born in 1962 in Plymouth, Pennsylvania. He had a rather normal childhood. He was an Eagle Scout, won a nationwide photo contest, and graduated from the Rochester Institute of Technology. For the, I don't even know if that's a good school, but the every bio I read mentions that he graduated from the Rochester Institute of Technology. Yeah, I think it is. Oh, it is? I think oh. it's a good, yeah. Oh. First chapter of his life, coaches... That's like one of those schools, like, you're like, oh, so where are you going to go to college, Billy? I'm going to RIT. Are you going to MIT? No, 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 no. I mean, um, I'm going to RIT. Wait, we didn't hear what you said. MIT? It's uh, RIT. Yeah. Did you say MIT? I... I said what I said. <laughs> what it sounds like. All right. Made a living as a biomedical photographer for an eye doctor, which meant he recorded medical experiments and procedures. This earned him a comfortable living. In 1986, at only 24 years of age, Cochis purchased a two-story house at 60 Midland Drive in Dallas Township, Pennsylvania, for $56,000. $56,000 in 1986. I wonder what that is. I, I should have looked this up. I wonder what that is in today's dollars. Let me look that up. You know, uh, just like based off the last episode. Yeah. In this episode, <clears throat> if you're a young gay man who owns a house, mm-hmm. odds are you're a murderer. That's how I, that's oh. how I'm now viewing things. <laughs> oh yeah. Because there are other guys. Yeah. But, uh, let me see. $56,000 in today's dollars. All right. Here we go. Is one hundred and forty-four thousand? Is one hundred forty-five thousand dollars, Lori? Even now, with that's not bad. One hundred forty-five thousand dollars, you can get a two-story house anywhere. Well, for sure, you couldn't get it anywhere in California. Nowhere, zero no. places in California. Well, you could get it, but it would have been a. It's a condemned building. That's yeah. A, that's a, yeah. <laughs> I don't, but I'm not even sure in Dallas Township, Pennsylvania. Maybe someone can do the research for me. I'm in the middle of a show. I don't think one hundred fifty-six thousand dollars. Uh, the, the address, by the way, if anyone wants to Zillow this, is 60 Midland Drive, Dallas Township, Tech, uh, Pennsylvania. So if anyone wants to do the research and tell me how much that sh- house is going for now, well, that might be a, give us more information. But Lori's going to have to look because I, I'm, I never look at the Discord during the show. All right, here we go. Coaches lived a pretty quiet life, and according to people who knew him at this time in his life, he was pretty popular with the neighbors. He'd show up to birthday parties and then molest the kids. <laughs> engage them in conversation. <laughs> in the late 90s, Coaches quit his job as a biomedical photographer and joined up with some partners to launch a business selling cell phone service plans. Unfortunately, this business did not do very well, and Coaches fell heavily into debt to the tune of $223,000. He filed for bankruptcy and wondered what he was going to do next. Jeez. Yeah, so... um yeah, $223,000 in debt after a business is pretty bad, Lori. Now, let oh, me ask- so mm-hmm. just FYI, somebody looked this up on Trulia. Okay. Uh, it's a property tax assessment. So right now it's about it's worth about $254,803. Oh, wow. Um, so it's not too far so, off. So, yeah. yeah. It's not like... Mm-hmm. It's gained a, a significant 
I mean, I would say it's gone up a little bit, but it's not. It's definitely, look, if I found a condo or yeah. a house with that, I would literally be like, we have to go. We have to get this. You literally cannot buy anything in California for $150,000. No condo, no townhome, nothing. No. Zero. Nothing. Okay. Uh, well, let's be honest. Let's say this. Because mm-hmm. there's going to be some people that are like, uh, I, can't, I have no place yeah. It's like you can't buy something that is livable. Let's say that. Okay. Because there are places I found on Zillow, Zillow but <clears throat> they are like unlivable. They're condemned buildings. They're, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that like it's like the land you can buy or yeah. something where you have to build a, you know, something on top of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that kind of stuff you could potentially buy. But that's all stuff that like it, in the long run, it would mm-hmm. it would inevitably end up costing you money to you know, fix it up and stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good point. Good save there, Lori. All right, let's continue on with Brian Coaches's life. Here we go. So right now just the basics. So let's just recap. Pretty normal life. Works he initially worked for years, it seemed like, because he was in eighty six he bought this house. And then in the late nineties, sometime, early two thousands, he quits, starts a cell phone service business that goes under. Now, I wouldn't know why 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 wouldn't you keep both jobs? That's what I'd want to know, just to be safe. But he didn't. He quit. It could be hubris, just thinking that he doesn't need it. Could you imagine going into business with friends and then lose, and then going into two hundred thousand dollar debt? No. I mean, would that that would ruin a friendship? Don't you think? Yeah, it's like, oh, Lori, kind of (laughs) awkward. When I started this, I had uh, savings and a house, and when I ended it, I'm two hundred thousand dollars in debt. Lori, I really thought that Verizon was going to take off. I don't know why it didn't work. Yeah. Uh, Wasn't there like a, there was like a a service, this was like right around the time that service plans came out. Yeah. Where it was like, it it found out that like, it basically was like charging you for every second that you were talking on the phone or something ridiculous. And it was like, yeah, it was really bad. I think it was called Sprint. (laughs) All right, here we go. In the spring of 2001, unemployed Brian Cochis was trolling the internet, cruising for sex in AOL chat rooms. He had a penchant for young men, and he came across a young gay man with the screen name Superboy298. I think that seems like a perfectly normal thing to do. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, how? What, what? What? I don't see anything bad with that. Yeah. Other than the right. fact that an older man is, you know, cruising yeah. the internet for younger men, yeah. possibly not of legal age to hook yeah. up with it, yeah. hook up with. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here we go. They struck up a conversation and agreed to meet up for sex. They actually met up twice for sex. Coaches even filmed one of the encounters. Little did he know that the boy had lied about his age and was only 15 years old. After the boy told his parents... Brian's house was raided by the police and the FBI. They took all his porn, audio equipment, and cameras and arrested him. Coaches was charged with several felonies, but pled guilty to a lesser charge because the boy had lied to him about his age. The authorities returned all his equipment and over 600 porn videos to him. He was placed on probation, served no jail time, and did not need to register as a sex offender. Back at home, unemployed, bankrupt, and on probation, Brian Coaches pondered his next move. I'm going to stop it right there. Lori, I'm very curious. You know, obviously he did something wrong. What do you think about 
the the decision in that case. A, uh, how would you decide if the boy lied to him and he thought the boy was of age? A, B, you're the judge in this case. And then B, uh, you know, he didn't serve any jail time. He was on probation. He didn't need to register as a sex offender. He got all his stuff back. What What do you think of this decision? Was he white? Yes, of course. Yeah. Then yeah. Then yeah. That that makes sense. <laughs> But even him being white, do you agree with this decision or what? Well, um... Because one could argue he was operating under the assumption the boy was 18. Yeah. Look, I think if he... It depends to me, honestly, it depends on the messages that they sent back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, If if the messages were more like, I want you to act like a little boy or Mm -hmm. I want you to, you know, like kind of like more infantile stuff, I would have Mm -hmm. maybe think thought that maybe something was untoward. But if this was a legally, if this is a a legally consenting adult thinking that he was having sex with another legally consenting adult that just happened to be younger than him, Mm -hmm. I, I probably would do the same. If there were no other criminal, you yeah. know, no, it was no other criminal record. Mm-hmm. Um, what if the but, guy was like, I own a, a really successful uh, gay uh, podcasting network and uh, immediately to jail. Oh, immediately to jail. Like mm-hmm. that, that to me is just shows that you just don't have, you know, any kind of, yeah. you know, like conscious conscience mm-hmm. or, yeah. you know. Just you're just totally out in the weeds. Yeah. Successful podcast network. I mean, that's like yeah. you know, that's the oxymoron. Yeah, true. That's a very good point. What if he was like, hey, and you know, you live in Seattle and uh Yeah, and you like RuPaul's drag races. Did that change your decision at all or anything? Uh I mean it still seems weird. Mm-hmm. So uh I think that you know, it still seems a little creepy. I do, th- I do kind of think that it makes sense that he recorded it because he kind of probably was like, "I gotta remember this shit for later mm-hmm. because I there's no way that people are gonna believe that I pulled somebody as attractive as this person." <laughs> yeah, and remember, the internet didn't exist at that time, so it's not like he could just like no, he you was know. on the internet. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. true. All right, hold on. Let's move on to the story. Since Coaches had arrived back home, the neighbors he used to call friends had now shunned him, and Coaches had turned into a recluse. For some reason, Coaches decided to lean in and started a gay porn company called Cobra Video that focused exclusively on twinks performing bareback sex. He- I, I want to stop on this for a second. I do love that, that he's just, he's just, co- I mean, he has just, he should be thanking God and donating money to, to charitable causes and living a life of anonymity, right? Like, oh my God, I can't believe I got away with that. Whatever, right? Instead, he's like, huh, I just escaped escaped from the skin of my teeth from being a registered sex offender, pedophile. Let me start a gay porn company that specializes in, in underage-looking twinks. Well, you know why? Is because he... Uh, he probably was like, you know, they probably the as a whole they probably shunned him, mm-hmm. but then they uh, then then like the husbands would come up to him and be like, do you really have a video of you having sex with a twink? Yeah, he'd be like, yeah, and they'd be like, can I have it? Can I see it? And he's like, oh, I can make money off of this. Oh, Lori, no, Lori knows how to think like uh, an entrepreneur. All right, yeah, here we go. 
continued to troll the internet, this time looking for young men to star in these videos. He found modest success early on, but was still waiting for that big break. As luck would have it, he got that big break when he came across a young man by the name of Sean Paul Lockhart. You know, there's a thing where if, if, a, if a guy has two first names, you do not, he's bad news. So I thought, it was, I thought if it was his last name is like a, is a first name. Oh, I've always heard of it. First two names, two first names. Maybe that's what they mean is that like his last name is a first name. Yeah. Like I have a buddy named Mike Craig, but he's about the most boring person you've ever heard of in your entire life. Yeah. But he's probably got bodies in the basement. True. Oh, good point. What about, what about Deckhead? Oh, he probably, yeah, he's definitely probably killed what somebody. Is, you know, we have, a, everyone should know, we have a listener named Deckhead and he's always so innocent and perfect on, like, he's like the perfect listener. Like he's he participates, uh, he's active on the Discord, but he doesn't. He, unlike like Luke Stamen or other people, he doesn't try and get into my personal life and bug me. You know, he just it's, it's a very appropriate relationship he and I have, and he sends me presents, which I like. Yeah, mm-hmm. drink this and now, Deckhead, because there'll be moments where Joe's going to be like, "Here's the thing I don't like about Deckhead." Yeah. Do you <laughs> Anyways, think that there's a part of the chance that he has like dead bodies in the basement or something. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. For for sure. There's mm-hmm. a there's a mutual friend that we have where I am convinced that her husband is a serial killer. Oh, really? Yeah. We have this friend? Hmm. I want to hear afterwards who it is. You know who it is. I've told you about him. Oh. <laughs> he just texted me last week and I forgot to text him back. He wants me to do a writing gig for him. Like, what, what do you think I am? I, I run a fucking goddamn podcasting network. I can't a popular, write, a popular, successful podcast. I can't be writing little jokey stories for your dumb website. And then, uh, you know, you're also busy trying to have a, a relationship with a twink. Yeah. Till he realizes that he can get hotter men. Yeah. So. That is. It- <laughs> here's the thing I'll say, and I don't understand this. He genuinely finds me attractive. I don't get it. I really don't. All right. uh, Here we go. Let's go to the next chapter. Sean Paul Lockhart was born in Idaho on Halloween 1986. His alcoholic mother then ran off with him and his siblings to the Seattle area where Sean grew up. Sean never knew his birth father, and his mother abandoned Sean and his siblings, leaving them with his stepfather. When Sean was a junior in high school, he moved to San Diego to live with his mom. Sean had an interest in attending college in California and wanted to establish residency there. I'm going to stop it right there. For people who might not understand what's going on there. In California, we have a really, 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 really good public educational university system. It's both the Cal State and the UCs, right? And if you live in California, if California, you have established residency, it's very inexpensive to go there. However, if you come from out of state, it's very expensive. So he wanted to live there for a while so he could take advantage of the low-cost tuition. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. By day, Sean was a gay outcast at the local high school. By night, Sean ventured out to Hillcrest, San Diego's gay neighborhood, where his attractive twink looks got him a lot of attention. By 16 years old, Sean was already sexually active. Soon, Sean started making weekend treks up north to Los Angeles where he would party away at gay bars despite being underage. It's so gross because you know he had no problems getting to those gay bars. Yeah. 
We're going to learn more about Sean Paul Lockhart as a gay porn star, but he looked very young. You know, really? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. You know, I always feel like with that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. it just seems creepy. You know, mm-hmm. like they're like that men are interested in them. Like there's a a little girl. Well, not actually, she's not a little girl. She looks like a little girl, mm-hmm. and Star watches uh, that girl her... from Orphan. No, the little midget from Orphan. No, it's a little person, not a not the M word, and uh, and Star. Uh, she had like some kind of thing where she had cancer, and then the treatment like basically froze her, like her pituitary gland or something, and it caused her not to be able to, uh, you know, look like older than like ten, mm-hmm. and now she's in her twenties. And she's going on dating. She went on, she was like creating a dating site. And I was like, there's just like, there's no way that any guy who goes out with her is not somebody who is into young girls. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it just to me, it's just like, I can't, it just seems like that is just, just too, it's too creepy. Like you see this person who even if the person says i'm 22 even if they show documentation they look like a 10 year old Mm -hmm. so there's no way that you can convince me that if she's dating somebody that that person isn't sexually attracted to a 10 year old so there's a a current gay porn star named he has two names i don't know why uh one is austin Locke, and then the other one is austin young same person though he's actually uh, about 24 years old, I believe. 24, 25 years old. Um, I will say in his candid photos that he, you know, when he posts on social media, he looks older, right? But when he's doing gay porn, and especially he plays it up, Lori, he legitimately looks 11 years old. Legitimately. Maybe someone will post a picture of him. He Jeez. looks legitimately 11 years old. He has a series of gay porn videos where he, Jay Ellis fucks him. And, um, who? Jay Ellis. Jay Ellis from Arsh? Yeah, you didn't know Jay Ellis did porn? No. Oh, maybe someone will post a picture. You'll see. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jay Ellis did porn. Legitimately, Jay Ellis has done porn. Jay Ellis legitimately has done porn with this guy, Austin Young slash Austin Locke. People maybe will post a screenshot or something. And it's something Jay doesn't like to talk about. I mean, you can bring it up on the T. But he doesn't like to talk about it. But, um, you know, we were all starving artists at one point, Lori. No judgment here on sex workers. This is not a, a, a this is not a sex, this is a sex positive show. So. Anyway. No, I, I mean, I don't, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, to me, I just feel like Jay Ellis is, he's one of those people who he just has such an interesting life. Mm-hmm. And then when you ask him and you go like, what is the most interesting thing that happened has happened to you? Yeah. He would be like, one time I was at Target and I was buying some. Oh, you're being tape. too generous. I think he'd be more like, I'll be Jay and you ask me that question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- Jay, what is the most interesting thing that's happened to you? I don't want to talk about me. What? Tell me about you. That doesn't know about me. That's what he'll say. But after you browbeat him, yeah, and you go like, "Come on, just one thing, one thing, one interesting thing that's that's to," and, and he would be like, "You know, I went to Target once and I bought tape, and I was getting masking tape, and I found out that masking tape actually comes in different colors. Like you don't have to buy the same 
So yeah. I bought like three different colors of masking tape. Yeah. And I was, and you would be like, what? and then you find out later that he does porn. I, but he, <laughs> like, did. he did. He did. Porn. He did. He did Sorry. porn. Yeah. He didn't do it anymore. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, like, that's basically what it's like. It's that's mm-hmm. what it's like being around Jay Ellis. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. In 2003, Sean started a relationship with a 21-year-old guy named Jake. Jake was trying to break into the online porn business and had set up a call with Brian Cochis from a new company called Cobra Video. Um, Brian turned Jake down because at 21 years old... I'm going to stop right there. Did you see someone posted a picture of Austin Young in the Discord? Yes. He looks incredibly young. Yeah. He should date if if he wasn't... If he was in gay. I don't know if he's gay or bisexual. He's gay. No, it's 100% he should, gay. Oh, he see, he would be a perfect date for that girl who has the TLC show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they both look like that's only that's the only thing where I could see that hat, you know, like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I will say he plays into it. I mean, look, he does look young, legitimately. But when you actually see like his put pictures on like Twitter, Instagram, he does. I wouldn't say twenty four. He looks older than eleven, though. All right, here we go. No, I get it, but yeah, there are people who have like that. They have like a filter and they do yeah. all sorts of stuff. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Here we go. Jake was too old. Jake then bragged to Brian about his really hot young boyfriend, Sean. He sent pictures and Brian was immediately hooked. Brian spoke to Sean briefly and Sean reluctantly agreed to film a casting tape for Brian. Brian would send Sean all the video equipment. All Sean had to do was masturbate on camera. That's it. All he had to do. Brian would take care of the rest. What would be the rest? I don't know. I don't know, Laurie. What would we're we're like, going to have to find out in the next chapter. But, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. all you have to do is masturbate. I was like, is he going to input? Like, is he going to, like, Photoshop somebody's butt on top of his penis or something? Like, He's going to take care the of the rest, Laurie. He's oh, going to take okay. care of the rest. Okay. Don't. Why are you worrying about things that don't concern you? He's going to take care of the rest. BT dubs. I w- wish there was like a kind of porn where it was like all 3D, where it was like this guy's like it's just like a bunch of people in bubble suits, yeah, like pretending to fuck, and then you just fu- you just see like you know, the uh, Orlando Bloom as as the elf fucking so- the the eye of Sauron. <laughs> what are you What are you talking about? I think that would be funny. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's so let's recap there because we kind of interrupted it there. So what happened is, you know, Sean Lockhart is going crazy, going wild because he's like basically an orphan in San Diego, going to gay clubs in the Hillcrest area, which is sort of their West Hollywood where all the gays hang out. Hillcrest. He, by the way, uh, oh, we'll get to that later. But he, he Sean Lockhart has a huge thing for older men. He loves older men. Okay. And, um, he, especially older men who run successful podcasts. Oh, does he have a thing for successful podcast company people? Yeah. And he's going crazy in LA, you know, blah, 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 blah. He gets a boyfriend who's older. Now, by that point, he's like, I guess, I know you and I disagree here, but, uh, uh, Sean's like 16, 17, and this guy's 21. Okay. But when you hear about the older people he's dating later, I mean, this is like the most appropriate age relationship that sean lockhart ever has yeah and um that guy goes out for cobra video i love that he's 21 and brian coaches is like ugh, too old 
too right? old. You're too old. But so the guy's like, well, could you imagine? I know. Can you imagine that? But you know what, Lori? I'm going to tell you something. And John Paul and I were talking about this just the other day at dinner with Jay and Paul. Because Jay and Paul are young enough that they don't remember this either. But when I was, when John Paul and I were baby gays, which would have been around here. Okay. When we were baby gays, um, the the gay world, especially the online gay world, was extremely, extremely uh, racist. They had no problem being racist, and extremely, extremely ageist. I remember I had a, it made me it gave me the complex that I have now. Like I remember being online and I would put my picture out there, and now that I look at them, I'm like, I was super cute. I was super yeah. Handsome. You showed me pictures of you yeah, in college, and they you would they cute. would straight up deny me and go like, "No, you're Mexican," or "No, you're, like you're not white," and "No, I only want white guys," or "No, you know." Um, well, no, that would have been I would have been right in the pocket then. But like when I was twenty five or twenty six, I'd be like, "Nope, too old," and I got this complex because of it. But um, so that makes sense that like it doesn't make sense, but. I, I can see that it was kind of like that. That it's not like that now. It is not like that now. You're going to hear some not shocking things, but some gay men are going to hear some things that the way they were talking then, that is completely wrong now about gay society. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, okay, we just I think we're going to act. Wow, four that's now. crazy. We're going to act four now. I believe. Here we go. By February 2004, Sean Paul Lockhart was shooting porn videos for Brian Coaches and Cobra Video. They made an agreement that Sean would be a Cobra video exclusive and would receive $2,000 per action scene, a 2002 Volkswagen Jetta, a set of four rims and tires, insurance premiums worth $2,100, a cell phone plan, and an unspecified signing bonus. Before the videos could go out to the public, Sean Paul Lockhart would need to choose a porn name. Sean grabbed the phone book, flipped through the pages, and settled on a name. Brent Corrigan. Now, Lori, I don't know if you know this or not. <laughs> well, first of all, let's ask you this. What? 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 Brent Corrigan? Oh, man. Well, hold on. I'm going to tell you a couple of things. One, do you think that that deal is a fair deal? What was it again? $2,000 per sex scene. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I have it right. Oh, I just threw it away, actually. Uh, wait, I have it. I have it right here. $2,000 per action scene, so per sex scene, a, a brand new 2002 Volkswagen Jetta, okay. uh-huh. a set of four rims and tires, uh-huh. insurance premiums, probably for the car, worth $2,100, uh-huh. a cell phone plan, uh-huh. and some sort of signing bonus. We don't know how much it was. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, that sounds fine. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll find out later how uh, Sean slash Brent felt about it. No, I mean, I don't know the porn. I don't know what like a porn, yeah. you know, the lower. You know, what's funny is <laughs> I think that's pretty close to the, even to still the going right now. Let me see. Uh, 2000 in 1980. No, no, that's not 18. That's 2000 in like $2,001. It's $3,300. I guess now it's like it'd be going or going right now for a gay porn scene. You think so? Yeah. yeah I think that sounds about... Sounds right. Yeah. That sounds fair. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Let's carry on. Seemingly overnight, Sean Paul Lockhart, now known as Brent Corrigan, was a massive star. His fi- now, let me ask you this, Lori. Have you ever heard of Brent Corrigan? You know, I have 
I don't think I have, to be honest with you. Gigantic, still to this day, huge gay porn star. Huge, gigantic. Really? Very, very, very famous. Yes. Very, 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 very famous. Very famous. We'll what talk, what was we'll, like? What was the reason? Was it just well, that he was young? Or well, what we'll was talk the about it right now. This is the part where we talk about his career. Here we go. Films were flying off the shelves. In fact, his film Schoolboy Crush was the best-selling gay porn video of 2004. Now, I'm going to say this right now. Schoolboy Crush 2004, biggest-selling vi- gay porn video in 2004. I know Travi Cosmos likes twinks. And I don't know the, this is, I'm not even joking. And I'll say specifically twink porn. I'll say specifically twink porn. But Schoolboy Crush is, in my opinion, the Citizen Kane of twink porn. It is 100% the Citizen Kane. What does Travi say, Lori? <laughs> oh, I'm not looking. I was oh. looking at the, uh, I was trying to find pictures of him. Uh, he. Oh, I guess he was on Dragway, Drag Race. Oh, once. yeah, yeah. One of like the pit crew boys once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me yeah. see what Travi uh, Cosmo says. Schoolboy Crush is. Uh, he's not writing. Oh, he's not. Oh, yeah, he's not. Um, all right. So let's move on. Here we go. And Corrigan won the title of Best Overall by the Adult Entertainment Broadcast Network. Back at Cobra Video, Cochis was now raking in more than $2 million per year thanks to his newest star. Meanwhile, Corrigan had only filmed a handful of scenes and was relegated to cleaning toilets and performing odd jobs around Brian's house to make some extra money. Yeah, first of all, please don't whistle the microphone. But two, I like I'm like my ear like I was like ah. Oh, uh, did you hear? Oh, sorry. I thought yeah. I did that like sorry about that. Uh, okay. Um but okay, so I guess like am I like missing something? Like what is it about the the porn that was so great? Like is it just that he's a young well, man getting fucked or in, in fairness to him, in fairness, not in fairness to him. To be fair to nobody, uh-huh. it's not just Brent Corrigan. There's another okay. very famous uh, twink porn star in it that they actually had a contract from another studio named Brent Everett. Okay, and Brent Everett at the time was like a very huh. attractive twunk. Okay, was what's a twunk? Uh, like a more beefy twink. He's not like a little boy. He's kind of like ripped a little bit for a twink. And- is every gay porn star named Brent? Is that I know, I know. it's funny. The two Brents. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so to see them going at it was just like, you're looking at two people at the, I guess, peak of their twinkiness, you know, uh, going at it. And, uh, okay. I, and I'll say this. I will say this. For being so young, Brent Corrigan is very good at sex. Amazing. He's a very good performer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, here we go. One day in August. Oh, but what we need to talk about this is so. And is this fair or not? Is my question to you, Lori? As a contract, he he signed a contract. This is what the contract is. Brian Brian Coaches is making a ton of money off uh, Brent Corrigan. However, he's probably only filmed four or five scenes. He's probably made like you know only about ten to twelve thousand dollars. And um, oh, okay. And can't even like he has to live in Brian's house. Has to do chores for him just to like live. And there's inequity there. All right. Okay. Here we go. 2004. Oh, this is August in 2004. I said August 2004. Only a few months after Corrigan started filming for Cobra, Corrigan was painting Brian's house for extra money when a neighbor approached him. She asked him how old he was and began ranting about the pedophile who lived in the house. Sean immediately ran to the house, 
packed his belongings into his Volkswagen Jetta, and escaped to San Diego. The neighbor had scared Brent Corrigan, formerly known as Sean Paul Lockhart, because Sean thought he might be arrested. Why? Because Sean Paul Lockhart had lied to Brian and submitted a fake ID. No one knew that Brent Corrigan was only 17 years old. Oh. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts so far, Laura, and everything that's happened? Uh, any big thoughts? Any big news? Any, like, a lot to take in here, but... Uh, you know, I feel like, you know, with that, with that fool me once, shame mm-hmm. on you. Fool me twice, shame on yeah. me. Like, he yeah. should really be yeah. double-checking this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I agree. At the same time, I, I guess I didn't think about the movie aspect of it, you know, I think that, I think you, I, you look at the short term of like, Oh, I'm going to get $2,000. That's great. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, that's not, he's the one who's, he's the face of it. He's making him money. So yeah, I think that, um, that's not fair. Uh, yeah. I, I, so maybe, yeah, that, that he should have gotten at least some kind of like, you know, 20, 30% 30% of the residuals or something. Yeah, they, they could have worked something else out, and it probably would have been happy, even though, and I don't get really that into it in this episode, at least. But in the articles I read, Sean Paul Lockhart's not the nicest person, and he's very difficult to work with. He's very diva-ish. Uh, we learn more no. about that when, when he, yeah, very, very, he's kind of a nightmare. It's kind of like working with Taylor the Latte I'm shocked Boy. by this. Yeah. Uh, like working with Taylor the Latte Boy and is a diva, <laughs> is rude to people, very demanding people. Because he goes to work on later on porns later and they have in, done interviews about this and kind of what a nightmare he is. He's and almost kind of paint him like a sociopath, too, which I wouldn't be surprised by. All right. I ahead, definitely Mike. like one the thing that you said where he go, you go, he's very young, but he's good at sex. I, I legit feel like that to me when somebody says like, not, not somebody, but when that happens, mm-hmm. it just makes me feel like, oh, okay. So this was like, there was a sexual assault. Oh, There's no. an well, essay in Maybe, this. but he's clearly a damaged person. He's a yeah. very, very damaged person. Now, Lori, it may not be, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know his personal life, but it may not be sexual assault. But remember, he was sexually active at a very young age, A, B, was attracted to older men, was was seeking a father figure. I mean, he didn't know his birth father. His stepfather was sort of distant and was, you know, didn't care about him, was also an alcoholic, said horrible things to him, called him faggot and stuff like that. And um, mm. so he's seeking a father figure. So he's always with older men, okay? Yeah. And they're probably more experienced. And so they probably, quote, unquote, taught him. I don't agree with that term. But through having sex with older men, he probably it was basically a latent life molestation, essentially. Uh, yeah. So anyway, all right. Let's let's listen to the final act of today's episode. It's going to continue to another episode. There's more than enough content for even the next episode. Here we go. Um. Back in San Diego, Sean Paul Lockhart, also known as Brent Corrigan, was hiding out, working at a local Sam Goody record store. He returned to his days of partying in Hillcrest. And it was there that he met a 38-year-old man named Grant Roy. Grant, I'm going to stop there for a second. And in all the articles I read, and I don't understand this, actually, and I really want to explore this with you, Lori, is they would talk about, and it's because Brent Corgan has written a little bit about this right when the event happened. He wrote some blog posts to sort of defend himself. And 
and um would say that you know oh you know it kind of grossed me out hooking up with uh brian coaches because he was old and stuff like that even though he likes older men and mm-hmm. at this time brian coaches is about 40 41 years old okay and so they're okay. always painting in every article i read is brian coaches as the old man but then he goes for grant roy who's 38 and they're never saying oh he's 38 and and he they're like oh he you know that's normal i'm like they're both old, but why is three years a difference? One's a super old creepy man, the other one's not a creepy man. I think it I think it depends on the the size of the person. I think well, that I, if you saw Brian Coaches, by the way, he wasn't really fat. They just really? the thing they describe yeah, look him up. They they describe him as that, but like he's just like a you know, a dad bod uh forty one year old man. Maybe a little out of shape, but not he's not me. All right, here we go. Roy was a wealthy trucking executive who had a fondness for young men and wanted to break into making gay pornographic films. Lockhart and Roy hit it off, and the two started dating. Soon, Roy convinced Lockhart that the Brent Corrigan name was worth a fortune, and the pair should capitalize on Lockhart's twink looks while he still had them. They- I'm going to stop it right there. So now we're going to talk a little bit here about gay people. Definitely at this Let's time. Let's get into it. Yeah. Well, definitely at this time, that was, I'm sorry, a smart, I guess, business decision. They were like, oh, well, you're only going to be a twink for so long. I better capitalize on it. What they didn't anticipate was that gay taste would change. And I'm going to tell you this. And I think everybody else would agree with me. Brent Corrigan now is about 30 times hotter than when he was a twink. He is very attractive right now. Really? And, oh, he's so he's way hotter now than when he was a twink. But at the time, being a twink was everything, and you were going to lose your yeah. looks. And then want you know you hit twenty seven, they're not going to want you anymore. Blah 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 blah. Let's Ugh. capitalize on it. What they didn't realize is Sean Paul Lockhart has a long. I'm sorry, Brent Corrigan has a long career, but they didn't know that, so they're banking that they need to take advantage of his twink looks now. It would launch a Brent Corrigan brand that included a website that would sell new porn films starring Brent Corrigan. The new porn studio received its initial funding from another ex-daddy of Lockhart's named Lee Bergeron. The three were ne- who's also another creepy old man. Lee hmm. Bergeron, yeah. Corrigan, I think Corrigan likes money. I think Corrigan likes money. Now in yeah, business together, probably. capitalizing on the Brent Korg. Well, I think he wants someone to take care of him. He likes protection. Yeah, he yeah. wants a sugar daddy. All right, here we go. For sure. The name. When Brian Coaches caught wind of this, he immediately sued Lockhart for trademark infringement. Let me stop right there. I, I stepped on it. So the three of them, Lee Bergeron, Grant Roy, and uh, Sean Corrigan, decide to start a BrentCorrigan.com website and produce new porn videos, Coaches finds out and sues them for trademark infringement. Here we go. The case, are, the case is going to be outlined right now. Coaches claimed that he owned the name Brent Corrigan and that Lockhart was under contract to Cobra Video. Lockhart countersued for fraudulent business practices. Lockhart also let it be known that he had made his most famous Cobra videos while he was underage. All the videos that had made Cobra Video so much money were immediately pulled off the shelves. I'm going to stop right there. Believe it oh, or not. Snaps. Yeah. This case was uh, being eyed as very legally interesting by entertainment people because it not only applied to porn people, but to other entertainment professionals. But in porn, does a studio have a right to the performer's name? 
And so they were really interested to see how this would play out in the courts. Uh, was like, does, does Brian Coaches really own the name as a porn performer of, of Brett Corrigan? So it was sort of seems very interesting. All right, here we go. Meanwhile, Lockhart, desperate to make any kind of money, filmed another porn for another studio. When the studio found out about the lawsuit, it changed Lockhart's porn name from Brent Corrigan to Fox Rider. This infuriated Lockhart. Also, because of the lawsuit and Corrigan's past as a bareback performer, no studio wanted to have anything to do with him. This is where I was hearing about all the stories about how Corrigan was a nightmare on set. Just like, yeah. like there was a, a gay porn performer who's performing with him and um, remember they had BrentCorrigan.com, and so he goes up to Brent Corrigan. He's like, "Hey, do you guys want do you want to run lines together?" And he goes, "Get away from me! I can do my my own. I have my own studio." And you're like, "Ew!" <laughs> All right, here we go. Running out of money, Lockhart and his business partner boyfriend Grant Roy worried about what to do. While hanging out with another gay porn star, Roy made a comment suggesting that the pair should hire a hitman. The guest took the comment as a joke, but Lockhart got visibly angry. He chastised Roy. Don't talk about things like that with people we barely know. On the night of January 24th, 2007, Brian Cochis was on the phone with his lawyer when the doorbell rang. He told his lawyer that he had to go. He was about to meet a twink who had contacted him about breaking into the porn industry. It would be the last time anyone spoke to Brian Cochis. All right, Lori, that's that's... That's the end of episode one of uh, the Brian Coaches murder. What are your thoughts so far? What do you think's happened? What's your prediction for what's happened? Um, I I don't really know because I, I okay. I was thinking this was a totally different story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really know too much about this. I have a feeling that maybe I don't think Brian gets uh. I think he gets somebody else to kill or uh, Brent gets somebody else to kill the guy. I just don't see him doing it, but I could mm-hmm. be totally wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I kind of honestly ac- agree with you from the beginning when you said like, nobody's really likable. It's just mm-hmm. sort of like, it's like all of you people are terrible people. Yeah. They're all <laughs> terrible, terrible. Brent Corrigan is a horrible human being. Grant Roy is a horrible human being. Uh, Brian Coaches is a horrible human being. You know, all these, everyone that, everyone that Brent Corkin dates is a horrible human being. Brent Corkin's family's horrible. Everyone's horrible. Yeah. You know? Also, you know who's also really, I feel like it's horrible is that woman who just decided to chastise somebody painting a. I kind of agree too, because like, why are you blaming the kid? Yeah. Um, Like, like, I, I didn't think about it until now, but it just clicked. It was like, you know, she yeah. she's just like, what's her deal? You know, like, yeah. what's her what's her thing? I understand being legitimately concerned that Brian has young boys painting his house, and Brent Corrigan looks very very young. Uh, and someone posted a picture of him. That's not he already looks older than eighteen. I'll send you a picture, Lori, of what he looked like then. He looks, okay. you know, fifteen. I don't think they said he. In the, so a lot of my information came from a Rolling Stone article about this that was actually right after the murder, before the trials happened. And um, I read other articles too, but this was the the my main source. And uh-huh. um, they say in there that he looked twelve. He didn't look twelve. The guy I showed you, Austin Young, looks twelve. Um, he looked. 
15 or 16, you know? Um, yeah. but, um, but still, but that's what I'm saying. He still, he looked very, very, very young. Okay. And so I could see like, why is there a 15 or 16 year old boy? Uh, which is funny. The reality, he was 17 painting this guy's house, but I would call the police or confront yeah. Brian or confront Brian. Yeah. Well, you know why she didn't, she saw him as like a lesser, you know, probably Brian. She was like, Oh, he could probably get in my face about it. So mm-hmm. I'll go after this kid who, you know, I know I can intimidate sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, it's just yeah. another person, you know, trying to show power and over mm-hmm. somebody else. So yeah. it's like, okay, calm down. Yeah, um, yeah that's crazy. Yeah. I get it. But like, okay, so you and I differ about Michael Jackson, yeah. right? But mm-hmm. my thing is, is like, I feel like that is similar where it's like, y- you get you get accused once of being around a younger person. Then I would just be like, from now on for the I rest of my you. life, I, I am not, a, I'm not going to be around other younger people. I agree with you. I think earthquake, like, I think earthquake or, or Bernie Mac have a bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like, so I think that Brian coaches is kind of the same way. It's like, you know, you, like you said in the beginning, he gets, he gets off Scott, almost Scott free. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, think that me the way that i think i would be like forever and a day yeah i will never be seen with a younger person yes like but we're not pedophiles we laurie are not pedophiles here's what i think with the michael well, jackson uh, thing. this is what i, I mean, honestly think about the michael jackson thing i honestly one think, of us is tiptoeing the line mm, i honestly think laurie look and it's I mean, me yeah, star looks right. very young yeah 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 she does and also I mean, we do have it on record, you saying this. <laughs> I want junior high kids to to be bottomless. Yeah. Um, But um, this is what I think Michael Jackson. How do I Jackson, talk? I, I do think Michael Jackson is like morally or ethically culpable, but I don't know yes. legally. I think what happened was after that first lawsuit, which he probably was. Here's the tricky thing. He probably was fucking the shit out of that first kid, right? But the dad settled for a lot of money okay yeah i think since then this is my real theory michael jackson was like still doing creepy shit but he knew exactly where the line was where he was legally culpable and not right he just cared about the legal part so i think he was doing creepy very inappropriate shit with these kids but he just went right to the line of where it was against the law. That's what I really think. Um, yeah. Because, and that's well, what's, that's what's that. even grosser is he knew where that line was and he, he pushed knew. it there. He also, you know, he, <laughs> which I think this Brian coaches kind of does. He kind of is able to, he, these people are so, are all like sociopaths in there, but they're also able to, like read people very quickly and very well. So he's able to see like, Oh, this person I can sort of, you know, mold to how I want to go sort of thing. And so I think, you know, I just, uh, yeah, I just think it's, uh, I don't know. I feel bad for this, uh, Sean Patrick slash Brent Corrigan slash writer. Um, I do love that he was upset that they changed his poor name to writer. And he was like, Fox how writer. dare you? Yeah, well, because he wanted he wanted to start building his brand for Brent Corgan as him. But, Lori, in the Discord, someone's put, like, still not as accurate as Schoolboy school Crush Days, but the lower picture there is Brent Corgan sort of around that era. And then the upper picture is, is Brent Corgan now. 
Okay. Yeah. I know a lot of guys in my high school who look like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. We had that like hair kind of stuff. Well, yeah, during that Zac Efron high school musical, the musical. Well, well, uh, Sean Paul Lockhart slash Brent Corgan is around your age. How old are you? 35. He's exactly your age. Yeah. So, um, you know what this kind of reminds me of is the, a little bit is the Bev, Bev, uh, argument. We can't get, we can't get into, Laura, we can't get into, (laughs) well, you know what? Save it for the next episode because we're running long. Okay. On the next episode, we'll talk about the Bev Hout slash, um, Bev character. Bev character from Norma Jean. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk, everyone remember that we need to talk about the next episode, but we're going to get out for today. Uh, next episode, Lori, we'll find out everything that happens with the crime, what happens afterwards, everything on the next episode. But until then, Lori. I'll murder you tonight.